I wanted to get out of that bubble and explore explore and see new people and hear about their stories and where they came from and what are your beliefs and all this stuff. And that's something that I'm so grateful to have gotten because it's made me a better person. It's made me have empathy for other people. And, and so just the people down here is really what I'm grateful for. And the people in the university that seriously only want the best for you. And for such a big school, you think that you're a little fish in a big pond. You're not. Like, you matter, and they really, really want you to succeed. The University of Alabama's Colorado's College Business is Bama Means Business, a podcast that reveals amazing stories from the people both inspire and make a difference in our community. I'm Cole Stevens, and I show today, Mary Groninger. Mary is a student at the University of Alabama, studying both fashion, retail, and marketing. We talk about her experience as the National Retail Federation Student Association president, as well as what brought her to Alabama and why she chose to go into the fashion industry. I hope you enjoy. One of the biggest influences, especially on the retail front in the past decade, two decades, has been the emergence of social media Mm -hmm. and the ability to view trends before you could even see them in prior, I would say generations, because our, our parents' generations didn't have access to social media, but now someone posts something, I can see what they were, were wearing last night. Oh, that's really cool. I'm going to go buy that. Amazon, two days, it's yeah. at your door. Where have you seen that influencing the retail market as a whole? Have you learned something about that while you're in school here? Yeah. I mean, obviously it's super accessible now to see somebody post something and if they link it and they're like to know it or something or Shopify, you find it immediately. And that's really cool. It's also really made these trends go in faster. And so it has a kind of seesaw effect because it's good on one hand, you can get the products really fast and get that instant gratification, but then in a couple of weeks, they're out, they're out of trend. So I think that people just need to be mindful of that, that if they see a post and think that something's really cool, it may be right now, but because you're seeing it and millions of other people are seeing it and think it's cool it's not going to be cool even quicker. I think that's sort of like the, the fast in fast out kind of problem that you start getting into is that I'll be honest as a guy, my fashion has not really trained changed that much <laughs> in a, quite a few years. I will say my girlfriend has gotten me a few items. I wear flannels and stuff oh, like good. that, which that's her job. I thank, I thank her for that. <laughs> She's definitely done me better, but I think women have always been seen as the sort of fashion trendsetters they're a lot more adaptive to the current culture. Mm-hmm. And I'll take, for example, the Stanley Cup. Like mm-hmm. that's a whole phenomenon that's going on right now. Totally. I'm not sure where it came from. Like I have no clue. Usually I'm like, oh, I, I see a few more people wearing or buying something like yeah. a hydro flask a couple of years back. Guilty. I bought one. My mom called me oh, crazy. I literally have a Stanley right there. Yeah. Exactly. It's not an attack on you. <laughs> but trends like that seemingly come out of nowhere. But do you think you been able to observe them more or is it still one where it's like I still am riding the waves like everyone else? No, um, I'm glad you asked that too, because I took a class here at UA called trend predicting. And so obviously 
judging from the name, you can assume what we did. But one of the projects that we did is we looked at Vogue runways spring of, I believe it was 2021 or 2022 at the time we were looking into. But so this was back in 2020. So we were already looking into 2022. And so Vogue has that option that you can look at their runway looks, you know, because the industry moves so fast and plans stuff out that far. But we looked and our job was to look at any colors or textures or patterns that we saw that maybe we didn't see right now and then make a PowerPoint and predict basically, I think this Kelly Green is going to be really popular next spring. And so that was something that I found really cool and then found super rewarding in the next year because Kelly Green was everywhere or that cobalt blue was everywhere. And so that was so cool to see like, oh my God, they did predict that and it did come to fruition. So there is no doubt in my mind that all of these trends have been around for three years. It's just people don't know it or Mm -hmm. people don't see it yet because they're on the runway. When they come into fast fashion and just more mass producing, it'll be a trend. So I'm sitting back and you use the word adjective fast a lot. And that sort of drives me to my next idea that I want to cover that I still have no clue for real about is the idea of fast fashion. And this has emerged pretty much with the globalization of supply chain logistics, especially using, I'll say, third world countries, Mm -hmm. China more specifically, to produce clothing materials and items. Mm-hmm. Can you expand more into the topic what fast fashion is and how it's affecting the world as a whole and the fashion industry as well? Yeah. Fast fashion and the reason I say it with that tone is just it's you can't escape it. It's here, it's happening. Everybody everybody buys from fast fashion whether they want to avoid it or not. And you're right, it's all about outsourcing to mainly countries in Asia and a lot of the time it's not the best working conditions, the best living conditions, not even minimum wage. A lot of women and children in those factories and they've really shown a spotlight on that and how dangerous that is. And so that's honestly something that we've learned in our classes. We've watched countless documentaries about the sweatshops and the dangers of them and, and how you can show somebody the information, but they'll still buy from a sketchy website and won't even think twice about it. I definitely started to, but I'm not perfect. And I still use fast fashion. But yeah, it's it's a big problem with the industry, but they're definitely targeting it. It's going to take a while, but it's something that it's it's just important to be mindful of, I think. I think sustainability is something that a lot of people are talking about. I I'm still on the fence to determine if it is a trend or if it's here to stay or what the actual results are going to be of this whole idea of sustainability. I worked for Nike for a summer mm-hmm. and that's just one of the retail locations, but like sustainability was even a thing. And that was in the summer of 2019. Yeah. So we had, you know, new, new pieces coming out. They started coming out with like the recycled shoes and mm-hmm. stuff like that, like different ways of adapting it. They always had their like shoe recycle program, for example, where they like recycle old shoes and turn it into turf, which is like really yeah, cool idea, really but cool. niche, hard to do. The process How is it actually implemented? Exactly. Yeah. We don't see it, you know, firsthand. It's very much like, oh, they released an article about it. Yeah. Good for you. 
Where do you think sustainability fits into fashion, but also your role going to the future of how you want to lead this industry? Yeah, I like that question a lot. Fast or not fast fashion, sustainability is here to stay. It's not a trend. And I feel really confident saying that, especially because it was such an important topic at the student program. And I was really pleasantly surprised by that. But I think people maybe roll their eyes at sustainability because it kind of just feels like a topic people bring up to check it off the list and say, we brought it up. We talked about it. Then that's fine. But it's really not because people have exposed green marketing. And when companies say it's something sustainable and it's not, I'm not going to throw a company under the bus, but rhymes with Schmachenem. Uh, they might have gotten in trouble with that before, but they were exposed for it. And so I think the issue with sustainability is that it looks very different for people, whether that be how are they packaging the products? What is actually, what's the product actually made of, or maybe how is it made in the sweatshop, stuff like that. So that's the real question is a sustainability is not one size fits all. It could be really important in some areas to somebody and not so important in other areas. So I think that that's just the thing to keep in mind. There's really not a one widely accepted way to see if something's sustainable or not. And I hope that that's something they'll figure out, but I'm very confident that it's not a trend. It's always going to be on people's minds, but actually figuring out the programs to approve something as sustainable is something that'll be interesting to see. I think that's a, a good point. That's like here to stay, but it's like, how is it going to be adapted and how is it going to be utilized going to the future? Yeah. Cause I've seen a lot of those examples. That's for sure. Going back to your own personal journey, you're a junior right now. Yeah. You're involved in a lot. Like <laughs> if we're being honest, a lot, like we met through the career center, mm -hmm. you're involved in a lot of different clubs, organizations, you're involved in your sorority still. How do you balance your life, your social life, but also school and wanting to strive for bigger, better things in regards to your professional career? Yeah. Well, I would like to think of myself as a pretty organized person. I sometimes add a little bit too much to my load, but I've learned ways to combat that and I've learned just how to stay organized. And honestly, my iPad is a lifesaver. <laughs> I use the calendar on it. And yeah, I think just where my priorities lie is really important to me and something that I've worked on throughout college. So hanging out with my friends and making sure that that's something that I really prioritize is super important, but also working during the day so that I can make money so that I can hang out with my friends and that we can do fun stuff. And then obviously school just comes first. Honestly, this past semester has kind of taught me to put some things on the back burner and, and bring some things forward. So for example, like you asked about my internship search, that has kind of taken front burner. And honestly, my classes, they're super important to me, but it's kind of taken a backseat because I've realized that I've worked so hard and I've gotten the grades and been involved so that I can get to this point where I'm interviewing for internships. So that right now is my priority. And then hopefully in a week or two, I can get something and then that can take the back burner again and something else can come forward. So it's kind of all just a cycle of what's important to me now in the moment. But thank you for saying I'm really involved because it's fun, but it's a lot for sure. I think a lot of people find that they you know, truly... College is not, the is not the test of 
intellect, but the test of balance. Totally. Can, can you juggle 5 million balls in the air at the same time and still maintain some semblance of a sleep schedule? Yes. Sleep usually goes to the side. Yeah. <laughs> but besides the point, obviously you have two different avenues you can go into, but you also did describe that marketing and fashion retail sort of like really fit together really well. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself ending up? post-graduation and your ideal job role description talked about that. Yeah, I would love to be in New York City. That's my goal. I don't really have a timeline for that as long as I want to be in there. It's all based on, you know, where I get a job, but I would love to move back up north. New York City is a little bit closer to Pittsburgh than than Tuscaloosa is. So that's really my main pull. And then as far as where I want to work, I love the retail industry. I love how dynamic it is, how fast paced it is how it's continually, how it's continuous, how it's continuing to pivot with just everything going on. And so I definitely want to work in that industry, whether that be buying or planning, trend predicting or marketing. I don't know. (laughs) I guess, I guess we'll find out. Looking back at your time at Alabama, you're still in it. Like, I'll be honest. Yeah, I know. Don't make it. me cry. I'm not going to make you feel old or anything like that. You have been involved and balanced a lot. What has been your your favorite part of the Alabama experience since you've been down here? Oh, my gosh. What a question. Just meeting everybody. I, I came down here because I wanted to get out of the bubble that is Pittsburgh. And like I said, I love it so much. But I wanted to get out of that bubble and explore, explore and see new people and hear about their stories and where they came from and what are your beliefs and all this stuff. And that's something that I'm so grateful to have gotten because it's made me a better person. It's made me have empathy for other people. And, and so just the people down here is really what I'm grateful for. And the people in the university that seriously only want the best for you. And for such a big school, you think that you're a little fish in a big pond you're not like you matter and they really, really want you to succeed. And I think that that's something that I've gotten out of that is that you don't need to push people down so that you can get up. You can kind of work through it together. And, and the support here is insane. Talking to that sort of words of wisdom and finding (laughs) support and everything like that, who has been the most influential person on this journey? Obviously you talked about some peers that you had that were a little bit older that sort of pointed you to, you know, adding on a second major, but also getting involved in the student organizations. Who can you really single out helps you through that process? Yeah. I'm glad that you asked this question because I I do want to give time to to speak on that. I would definitely say Morgan Igo. She is a year older than me in Alpha Chi, but she founded NRFSA at Alabama. So it's a relatively young club, but she was the founder and president. And then I'm the president after her. So through that, we were just incredibly close and she's such an important mentor to me, still sends me internship stuff when she sees it and, and really cares about how I'm doing in my journey. And we've created such an awesome friendship because of that, but she's awesome and is in New York and is doing the thing. So she's really inspired me and, and just given me all the opportunities and resources that I need to be successful in a role that she created. So this is just for my own personal kicks and giggles, if you want yeah. to call it that. What do you use to stay on trend? Do you like Instagram, social media, fashion, yeah. obviously talked about Vogue, but probably a little too high class for me. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Vogue is obviously the name that everybody knows, but social media is just an awesome outlet. If you just 
want to quickly follow like five accounts. It's so fast. And when you're scrolling just aimlessly in your bed, you stay up to date on trends that way. But I also subscribe to Business of Fashion, which I really like. And then NRF actually has a a blog that they post every week and their articles are super quick, super easy to read and very informative. So those are, those are the things I like. So I have to ask, have you ever watched Back to the Future? I have. Okay. So you probably know exactly what I'm going to ask about this on this one. The Marty McFly auto lacing shoes. A very futuri- yes. the futuristic boots. Yes. Dream shoes. I think those things are so cool. Oh, gosh. Talking about outlook in the future, obviously we talked about sustainability and we talk about environmental impact that fast fashion has had. Where do you see the future of fashion going? And obviously I'm not asking you to predict it, but how would you like to influence that going into the future? Yeah. I see the future of fashion as experiential. People want to now post pandemic, get out and do something and look forward to doing something. And they want to look forward to what they're wearing and how they look and how they feel. And so I think that that's something that the pandemic really made us realize is it's fun to dress up and it's fun to be confident in what you wear. So making that a whole day out of it, of your outfit and where you go and where you shop, I think that that's really cool and something that the industry has seen a lot of. So I want to work on that. And stores like Dick Sporting Goods are adding rock climbing walls to their stores and a lot of AI virtual reality try-ons at stores. So they're all making it so fun to shop so that people really continue to go in stores. So that's something that I'm excited to just work on and maybe market so that we see more people face-to-face in stores because it is exciting to go somewhere and shop. I'm not sure if you ever heard of the retailer REI, but they're yes. known for having their rock climbing walls that I never got to use as a kid. So I'm not sure if they didn't trust me or if I was <laughs> like not experienced enough to use them. But I think you made a good point. So like the idea of like predictability in the future, the fashion trends are going to be a lot more based on personalized use to make someone feel special. Because totally. at least the way a lot of people have told me like why I dress up and all this kind of stuff is to stand out, to be unique. Exactly. I went to an all boys high school. We had pretty much uniforms and the only way to make difference was your hairstyle (laughs) i have a pretty normal hairstyle but for women i feel like it's a lot more expressory than anything else have you found that being true and do you think it's going to stay true into the future yes i think that the fashion industry gets a bad rep for maybe being a little surface level or a little she she but that's what my dad would say but It's how you express yourself. And it's so important to wake up in the day and feel confident with how you look. And like you said, it impacts how you wear your hair, how you wear yourself, like the jewelry you put on, the makeup you put on, like it is such a huge industry and people want to say that they're not impacted by it, but they are. And it's okay. So lean into it and be unique and have fun. And so that's the biggest trend. Honestly, it sounds so cliche, but That's the biggest trend that I see is it doesn't matter if you are a coastal grandma classic vibe or you're kind of like the 70s look. If that's what you like to wear, then that's your trend and people will see that. So if you wear it with confidence, people will notice. So this is going to be, I'm not sure if it's like a naive question or if you want to call it that way. But the emergence of obviously the pandemic brought about athleisure. This idea, this like new area that was before because Lululemon, I believe, started 
about 2010 or actually before that. And athleisure sort of came to prominence and like, it's cool to wear it. Now it's like, it's not just workout clothes, but you can wear it whenever you want and feel comfortable and feel confident. And it can be appropriate at certain times. Where do you think athleisure fits into the common wardrobe? Because you see a lot of girls wearing it around campus. Do you think it's here to stay? Do you think it's a trend? What are you feeling? Oh yeah. I think athleisure is here to stay. And if people would see the University of Alabama, that's all they see. I'm wearing jeans today, but that's that's a one and a maybe three week kind of thing for me. So athleisure is definitely here to stay, but I think just the patterns and the textures and the colors that they're using, it's not as boring and it's not, you don't fit, you don't put yourself in a box by wearing athleisure. So even though it's a little bit more casual, you can dress it up in so many ways. So it's definitely here to stay. It's comfortable. It's versatile. And I, I love it. I, I, I have a lot of athleisure. <laughs> no, we love to see it. Obviously it's very comfortable. Like I yes. love, I have like a Lululemon hoodie that like yes. everyone knows I wear it constantly because it like it is that go-to item for me that I pay a lot of money for. Probably too much. That being said, I use a lot. So like every time I cost use it. Cost per wear. Exactly. Cost per wear is going down a lot right now. <laughs> not sure if everyone's like, do you own any other clothes? I'm be like, oh, maybe. But when we're going into sort of your future, obviously you're the president right now of the NFRSA. Mm-hmm. Where do you see that club going in the future and how do you want that to impact class, but also the people who are going to be running it going into after you graduate, for example? Yeah, I so we're in our third year right now. And honestly, we've increased membership so much. When I started, I think we had 15 members and now we have 98. So we're making big waves already, which is so exciting. And it makes me really excited to pass the torch to somebody else with an even bigger group. So I think the future is just super bright. And I really want NRF to be recognized by the business school, because I think right now it maybe gets a vibe that it's just fashion, but We have people in NRF that are marketing like me, fashion. We have a dance and psychology major. We have a pre-med major. We have management and OM and finance and everything like that. So we're not exclusive. We love the diversity. And I just want it to be recognized as a professional development club and that retails for everyone. So no matter what your major is, retails not just for girls. It's for boys too. It's a growing industry. And I just want the university to, to really recognize that and the business school to recognize that, you know, we have some weight, we go to New York, like we network. And so that's why I was, I was super excited when you asked me to do this because I love to speak on it. And, and I just new members is, is the goal. Yeah, of course, always join organizations. And they always say get on board day is like when to join all the clubs and organizations, but I'm pretty sure you guys are open anytime. Oh yeah. Rolling admissions. Hey, that's what we like to see. Yeah. We love to hear that. No, but I definitely want to encourage everyone to get involved if they want to. I mean, adding more to your plate is always also another way to network with more people, find people exactly. that you like and to, you know, relate with and maybe get a few new trend ideas if you go. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you guys are probably the most trendy club on campus. <laughs> Thanks. Now I want to wrap up with a question I ask everyone on campus, and this is everyone associated with the university. What is one memory that Alabama has granted you that you're going to remember for the rest of your life? Wow. I love that question. I would say that the university has given me is, honestly, this is going to sound so, so cliche, just walking on the quad. I love when Denny Chimes just 
does its thing and it's maybe 5 p.m. and you still have your backpack on from a long day, but people are playing Frisbee on the quad or people are reading a book or doing a picnic and and it's sunny and that's just pure bliss to me. And the campus is so beautiful. And so I think just taking a moment to really realize like, oh my God, I'm never going to get these four years back. I probably will never be back to Tuscaloosa to live full time. And this university has given me so much. It's like a point of such gratitude for me. And so as cliche as it seems, that's the moment that I'll always take with me is just looking around the campus and being so grateful for everybody that goes to the school, but everybody that's experiencing this too. Well, Mary, I really appreciate you sitting down with us today. And if anyone wants to reach out to you and get in contact with the organization, how can they best do that? Yeah. NRFSA.bama at gmail.com is our email. And then NRFSA.bama is our Instagram. That's Mary Groninger, marketing and fashion retail student here at the Culverhouse College of Business. And thanks so much for listening to the show today. If you're not a subscriber, do subscribe to the show wherever you get yours. And of course, check out our website at culverhouse.ua.edu. Learn more about the Colorado College business and what it has to offer. And as always, roll tide.